Welcome to the Avatar On Air podcast. My name is Mark Springer. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Avatar Nutrition and your host for this episode and a lot of other episodes. We'll say all of them. And today we're going to be talking about gluten and find out if gluten has been framed. So for over a decade now, there really seems to have been an anti-gluten surge. It's been unmistakable. Like a rising tide, gluten-free products fill our stores. We see GF covering our menus and all kinds of books like Wheat Belly or Wheatless Diet books creeping up onto the shelves. So many people reporting problems with gluten that it's really not even a wonder that it's demonized, feared, and sometimes chased out by a mob with pitchforks and torches. Well, that might be a little bit of overkill. But what if we're afraid of the wrong thing? Or there's something else that could possibly explain why so many people get stomachs upset after eating it? And what if gluten was framed after all? Today, we're going to find that out in this episode of the Avatar On Air podcast. So what is gluten anyway? Gluten is a protein found in wheat, rye, and barley. People with celiac disease have to avoid these grains because their body mounts a powerful immune response against gluten, leading to, debilita excuse me, to debilitating gastrointestinal problems. Oh, I'm tripping over everything today. I might have too much gluten. Um, but GI problems aside, there's no disputing that part. Celiac disease is real. Luckily, while it may be increasing, it's still pretty rare. But then there are a growing number of people who claim to have a condition called non-celiac gluten sensitivity. These people don't suffer from celiac disease per se, but still report unpleasant, though less extreme, symptoms after eating gluten. And while actual celiac disease remains rare, the prevalence of people without celiac disease who follow gluten-free diets has more than tripled since 2009. In fact, one survey from 2013 found that almost 30% of adults in the U.S. were trying to avoid eating gluten entirely, probably because they believed it was unhealthy. Like the majority of market trends, this isn't a coincidence. The public is more than preoccupied with the problem of gluten, and they want to get to the bottom of it. After all, can't you blame them if you're seeing these things all over the place, constantly telling you something that this, uh, this protein that's in so many different foods that we eat is, is apparently causing all these problems in your body and creating autoimmune disorders. It's just, you want to get to the bottom of it. I don't, I don't blame you. But now let's, let's think about it. These people are not crazy, and they're not delusional hypochondriacs, and we're not going to dismiss this suffering, but there's mounting evidence that gluten isn't really the culprit. So let's talk about the science here a little bit. The buzz surrounding non-celiac gluten sensitivity really picked up around 2011 when a landmark study seemed to prove its existence. The investigation compared two groups of people who claimed to have symptoms of non-celiac gluten sensitivity. It's a mouthful of a word. During the study, one group ate gluten while the other one followed a gluten-free diet. Over six weeks, the subjects who ate gluten reported significantly greater GI symptoms, uh, short for gastrointestinal words I've been tripping over throughout this podcast, <laughs> than the gluten-free group. While we have to note that about 40% of the gluten-free groups still reported negative symptoms, this study suggested that scientifically, non-celiac gluten sensitivity really does exist. So can you say that's a case closed? Well, not so fast, Jack. No single study can really prove something in science. We have to replicate it, which means that we have to see the same result from a different study. If we can't replicate it, then the first results could have just been a fluke. In this case, one study isn't enough to say, with our science hats on, that non-celiac gluten sensitivity is real. So in a really respectable move, the same lab attempted to replicate their uh, findings in a follow-up study. This time, the researchers looked at how much gluten it would take 
or let me rephrase that. This time the researchers looked at how much gluten it took to make a difference in the symptoms. They also threw in another variable, FODMAPs, which we'll talk about just in a second. The results surprised them. No amount of gluten, high, low, or zero, made a difference in the subject's GI symptoms. Better than saying gastrointestinal, I'm just going to stick with GI. But what did make a difference was eating a low FODMAP diet, which, like gluten-free diets, involves avoiding a list of foods that may cause stomach upset and other symptoms ascribed to the evils of gluten. But we're going to talk about that a little bit later, too. So let's do a quick summary. To this point, non-celiac gluten sensitivity is a vaguely defined disease, has no clinically useful way of being detected, and may not be caused by the thing it's named after, gluten. To muddy the waters even more, people who report having non-celiac gluten sensitivity often don't meet the criteria for diagnosis. So we still have a lot of stuff to figure out. So are FODMAPs really the villains? FODMAP is an acronym, F-O-D-M-A-P. And it stands for fermentable oligo dye monosaccharides and polyols. Basically, all that gibberish is a group of carbohydrates that are hard for your body to digest and absorb. As a result, they make it all the way to the large intestine before fermenting and finally breaking down. And that follow-up study is done right, then the sensitivities often blamed on gluten might not be caused by gluten at all. But FODMAPs. To strengthen this argument, another lab found that fructin, a type of FODMAP, caused GI symptoms in 59 people who reported having NCGS. The other subjects ate either a diet with gluten or a placebo. The ones, ate that, or the ones that were eating fructin had significantly worse symptoms than those created by gluten or the placebo. So, there's good news and bad news. Bad news first. People with gluten sensitivity probably aren't sensitive to gluten, which means that they could have been treating their symptoms more effectively with a different diet all along. Bad news number two. It's definitely easier to avoid gluten than FODMAPs, which represent or which are present in a lot of different foods like vegetables, fruits, legumes, grains, and dairy. And we have a little bit of good news, finally. Is this the good news is that most people can probably just limit without completely eliminating FODMAPs from their diet to get relief. And if you think this might apply to you, talk to a doctor, registered dietitian, or other, this is a very important word, credentialed healthcare professional. Just somebody who's studied this, really knows what they're talking about, and has the right kind of background to give you help that's actually going to make a difference. So, uh, is justice being served when it comes to gluten? And is gluten up for parole now? We don't have all the facts just yet. It's really important to note that everything we think we know is really new, and new in science is as good as saying unclear. But what we do know is that it makes way more sense to try avoid to try avoiding FODMAPs than just uh, blanket blaming gluten on all of your GI problems. And let's be clear about one thing. You don't need to eat gluten. It's not necessary for your body. And if you want to avoid gluten, Go for it, but keep in mind that you might be making your diet tougher, more expensive, less convenient, lower in whole grains, really for no good reason at all. And that's all I have to say about that in the words of Forrest Gump. If you enjoyed this podcast, found it useful, learned something new, be sure to subscribe to it and perhaps even leave us a nice review. That's where we find our subject matter to talk about things in future episodes and, of course, get more information out there. So, again, thank you for listening. This has been a short little Friday podcast, quick lightning round. 
Hope you enjoyed it, and we will be talking soon. Bye-bye.